and welcome to the new show right here on Active Family Radio has never been better. I'm your girl Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gigs. And like I said, you're listening to the new show on Active FM, and I'm here to give you the lowdown on what's happening in the world around you, from general news to politics and beyond. I this is the show where you want to know what is happening in the world around you. That was a rhyme. But yeah, so this week we are speaking of South Africa today. What is happening in South Africa today? Earlier on in the month or last month, late last month, I did a show called Five Important Things Happening in South Africa. And I decided let me continue with that. You know what? Sometimes we don't really know. There's just so much news out there that we don't really know what is happening in our country. I think I'm also going to be starting, I'm going to do it in different countries. So over the next few weeks, I'll be doing five things that are happening in a specific country at the time. So we are looking at South Africa today. What is happening in South Africa? What is the important news information you need to know in terms of the South African news, whether it be politics, whether it be in the economy, whether it be with the coronavirus, and the infamous corruption cases here in South Africa. That is what we're going to be speaking about today. So obviously one of the very top things are the coronavirus, but we're also going to be looking into four other things that are important to know that are happening in South Africa. So keep listening because it's the new show and it's going to be really, really, really awesome. I'm your girl Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gix and we're right here on Active Family Radio has never been better. The wait is over. Over. Hold on tight. We are in the overdrive. Welcome. This is your favorite station. Stay tuned. Turn up the volume. The volume. Now, one of the top things that is important to know in the world, not only in South Africa, but in the world, is the whole coronavirus uh, situation that's happening. And if you look at the global COVID-19 infections, they have hit a 37.3 million confirmed cases as of today. And with the total death toll reaching to 1,074,000 deaths. And in South Africa, there have been 1,575 1, new cases, taking the total reporting cases to 692,471. And if you look at the deaths, the deaths have reached uh, 17,780 with a daily increase of 107, while recoveries have climbed to 623,765, leaving the country with a balance of 50,926 active cases. And so that's what's happening with the virus. I know that a lot of countries are going into the second waves. And if you listen to the political show, we recently spoke about, it wasn't last week's show, but it was 
I think two shows prior where we spoke about the whole second wave and how what it means to be in the second wave, what South Africa is doing to, to, to prevent in inverted commas the second wave, and if a second wave had to happen, what it would look like in South Africa as well. So if you haven't listened to that show, go ahead and listen to that show so you can understand what is happening. Are we going to stay in lockdown for a very long time? Are we going to come out of lockdown? I know that a lot of people, and you can uh, answer this in the poll that I'm going to put out uh, later on today, but a lot of people are like, they do not want to be in lockdown during December holidays. I mean, I know December holidays, people go wild. People go out with family and there's a whole lot of things that happen and people don't really want to be locked down in December. So would you want to be in lockdown in December or wouldn't you want to be locked down in December? So definitely let me know what your thoughts are on the poll. But that's what's happening in South Africa in terms of the coronavirus. Now the next big thing that is important for us to know is the whole land redistribution case here in South Africa. Now South Africa's land redistribution bill has been gazetted. Now, officially putting it into parliamentary processes and a step closer to being implemented. Uh, proponents argue that the bill clarifies muddier aspects of current land redistribution laws under the Constitution, specifically providing the cases where land can be taken without compensation. Some of these include where land is being held and not developed or being used by owners, or where the state is holding land that can be redistributed. Basically what the bill says, this redistribution, the land redistribution bill speaks about, and it, it speaks about that it may be just an equitable for no comp compensation to be paid where land is expropriated in the public interest, having regard to all relevant circumstances, including but not limited to where the land and the owner's main purpose is not to develop the land or use it to generate income, but to benefit from the appreciation of its market value. So what they're saying there that the land can be taken without compensation if it's not being used for the, the main purpose of it, or if you're a landowner and you just want your land to be there, you just want it there and stuff. Uh, they can, what's this, take your land without compensation. And it also speaks about where an organ of state holds land that is not using for its core functions and is not reasonably likely to require the land for its future activities in that regard, and the organ of state acquired the land for no consideration. It carries on and says that notwithstanding registration of ownership in terms of the deeds, uh, where an owner has abandoned the land by failing to exercise control over it, where the market value of the land is equivalent to or less than the present value of, the, of direct state investment or subsidy in the acquisition and beneficial capital improvement of land. What I'm going through now is this is where land can be taken without compensation in this new bill these are the conditions that will allow land to be taken without compensation it also says that notwithstanding registration of ownership i say that in terms of deeds it continues and says that land can be taken with no compensation when the nature or condition of the property poses a health 
safety or physical risk to persons or other property. And it also says that land can be taken when a court or arbitrator de determines the amount of compensation in terms of Section 23 of the Land Reform Labor Tenants Act of 1996, Act Number 3 of 1996. It may just be and equitable for no compensation to be paid having regard to all relevant circumstances. Now, so that's basically what the bill says of when land can be taken without compensation. Now, Patricia DeLille basically says that the bill is just and equitable. She says that the bill is meant to assist of all organs of state, including the local municipalities where most of the vulnerable groups are located, she added that one of the cornerstones of the proposed legislation is that the holders of unregistered rights in the property may be treated on an equal and uh, procedurally fair basis in the expropriation of such property. She says, and I quote, what she says is that the Constitution provides that compensation for expropriation must be just and equitable having regard to all relevant circumstances. It does not prescribe that no compensation will be paid in these circumstances. The bill provides that the amounts of compensation will be determined by the courts. And then it carries on and it speaks about with the whole thing with the land redistribution. It says that Parliament will now follow its processes to consider the bill and every South African will have the opportunity to participate as Parliament considers debates and consults on the whole land redistribution bill has taken a step closer into being implemented here in South Africa. There's a lot of people that are not happy with new land redistribution bill and there's a lot of people that are happy with it. So obviously there are people who have bad intentions with the whole land redistribution and then there's just a whole lot of things that are happening with it and if you keep up with the news you'll understand more about the land redistribution now the next thing that we're going to be speaking about is the corruption i mean our infamous headlines in south africa south african corruption now government's resistance at to transparency and accountability underpins the widespread corruption taking place in relation to COVID-19 procurement. A new investigation has revealed, pardon my, I'm going to try to pronounce this very well, but Ama Bungane has followed the trial of just some dodgy tenders related to the pandemic and has raised red flags in many government processes. Conflicts of interest irregular rewards, a lack of due diligence, nepotism, failure to follow up, these are just some of the common denominators in the corrupt activity uncovered. So there was a case that was taken in in terms of what is happening with COVID-19 and all of this money that's being taken out and stuff. One of the mysteries that have come out is mysteries around how a politically connected Northern Cape-based property company obtained a 13 million rand order to supply 1 million surgical masks to South African police service headquarters in Pretoria. Now, if you, if you do the maths, if they receive 13 million rand for 1 million masks, it means that they charged 13 rand a mask. Now, 13 rand a mask at the beginning of the lockdown was, you know, everyone, you, you couldn't really find masks anywhere and it was just a big thing. You pe People bought normal surgical masks for 20 rand and it was just a crazy thing. But 
13 rand a mask when we're sitting on level one lockdown where you can go to the Pakistan shop. Now, we we call spaza shops. We call them spaza shops, Pakistan shops, which are the little shops that you see at the corner of the street and whatever that they're very convenient for us. You, uh, if you're in another country, you probably it's very similar, but not really like a convenience store. Uh, it's very similar to a store that you would find at the petrol station, a gas station and stuff. But you would find a mask there for 5 rand, 10 rand at most, a normal surgical mask. Now, this company, which is connected politically, has obtained 13 million rand order. Now, the deal was awarded shortly after the country went in lockdown in March, apparently when Kimberley-based Como Trading and Consultancy was handpicked from the National Treasury database. Although the company was issued a travel permit to deliver the goods to Pretoria, both SAPS and Camo claimed that the delivery never took place and no payment was made. Now, already it's 13 random mask, but the people that these masks were supposed to, in inverted commas, get delivered to never received that and that's what they're claiming they're claiming that they they never made a payment and there was no mask that came into being now this is where the story might have ended if you if you keeping up with the corruption and whatever in south africa it feels like we should create a show keeping up with the corruption you know we've got keeping up with the kardashians now keeping up with the corruption essay be very interesting but uh, amid growing concerns over widespread corruption involving funds meant to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, they've investigated that the contract and red flags emerged related to a possible conflict of interest and ir irregular award. What was found was that the response they got from SAPS spoke volumes about the state's resistance to transparency and accountability. Meanwhile, Another tender that caught this group's attention was a 16 million rand contract to provide personal protective equipment to the Northern Cape Health Department given to a politically connected nightclub owner. The government spent. A tender was released for 16 million rand to a nightclub owners. Nightclubs are not even supposed to be open. In level one lockdown, nightclubs are still banned from, prohibited from being opened. And a whole 16 million rand was given. A whole 16 million rand tender was given to a politically connected nightclub owner. Now, both awards demonstrate the weak controls in other cases clearly allowed politicians and the crooks to take easy advantage of the crisis. For both companies, it appears that the main qualification was simply to be registered in the National Treasury's uh, central supplier database. It seems no other due diligence was done to test their suitability, such as experience in PPE or having the financial muscle to pull off a contract re requiring millions of rands. After several interviews with companies awarded PPE contracts, PPE's personal protective equipment, it appears that the random selection and lack of scrutiny is one of the major contributing factors to the COVID-19 Corruption. Now, I don't think it's a random selection. I think that these specific places were chosen on purpose. Now, an order and permit, sorry, an order and a permit, but no delivery, instead a suggestion of a conflict. According to SAPS purchase order dated on the 29th of March, in possession of 
the specific group that is doing the investigation, the contract was awarded to Camo Training and Consultancy based in Kimberley and owned by Mandisa Shushu, the wife of former Northern Cape Agriculture MEC, Norman Shushu. Norman Shushu is also the current Provincial General Secretary of the SACP and the Special Advisor to Premier Zamani Saul. A source with intimate knowledge of the police procurement process contacted this group and raised a red flag concerning an alleged relationship between Norman Shushu and Major General Yapi Riet, the SAP National Procurement Chief. So as more investigations are taking place, as more people are looking into the thing, we're actually finding a lot of cases that are happening. I mean, South Africa is in a hectic amount of debt and all of these, this money is not really going to the places that it needs to go to because of the corruption that is happening. Now, a lot of people are saying that it's too little too late. Financial Minister Tito Mboweni recently struck a belated blow for transparency when he instructed government departments to publish details of PPE contract awards. Some of the damage could have been prevented if the government had taken heed of warnings the emergency procurement process would enable corruption. Now, Corruption Watch raised the alarm in a letter dated on the 7th of May this year to National Treasury, warning that the opacity in COVID-19 emergency procurement measures had created legal uncertainty and increased the risk of corruption. Now, although President Ramaphosa has instructed the Special Investigating Unit to uh, investigate dozens of companies and individuals who are believed to have benefited from dodgy COVID-19 tenders, the probes come off the billions have already bolted. So a lot of people are believing that, listen, yes, there's investigations that are taking place, and yes, the president is asking for more and more hectic investigation, even calling out the SIU, which is the Special Investigation Unit here in South Africa and stuff, it's a little too late because there's a whole lot of, there's, a, there's billions of rands that have already disappeared in the COVID-19 funds, in the funds that are supposed to help with the pandemic here in South Africa. And that's what's happening, and that's something important that we need to know in terms of the corruption in South Africa. And then the next thing is recovery issues. The ANC's plan for economic recovery lack any significant details on funding uh, merchants, which is a huge problem, analysts say. The recovery plan does not specify how projects will be funded, a crucial omnitance given the lack of money available in the public press. The plan also projects the COVID-19 pandemic as the new normal and places the National Coronavirus Command Council at the center of the organization and the execution of the plan. Critics have argued that the NCCC is a parallel government. The NCCC is the National Coronavirus Command Council. Now, people are arguing that they are a parallel government with little oversight. South Africa's economic recovery was central at the NC National Executive Committee on the 2nd and 4th of October and again on Friday the 9th of October at the Presidential Economic Advisory Council. All this after the National Economic Development and Labor Council saw government business and labor 
each put forward definite proposals in mid-August. Um, the COVID-19 hard lockdown has devastated an already failing economy, and we all know that. We saw that in the third quarter of the year, our economy dropped by 51%. And South Africa remains in lockdown with a curfew and other restrictions as of today. Lockdown is on day 200. As of today, we are sitting on day 200 of lockdown. At least 2.2 million people have lost their jobs and South Africa's fragile economy fell into recession with an 8.2 contraction expected for 2020. Much of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan collates long-standing government policy. Infrastructure remains central to the economic growth as energy security covers renewable and gas, but also a nuclear build alongside localization in manufacturing and in support to, among other township economies and mass public employment programs. It's not necessarily the quantum of uh, consultations that matter, but the quality of proposals and policies. The Cabinet Economic Plan Briefing document explicitly set no real firm deadlines outside three broad sweep timeframes of up to six months, six to 12 months, and beyond a year. Crucially, it lacks funding details, which is a surprise given to the economic strengths of South Africa's public finances and political economy and the grim outlook when Finance Minister Tito Mboweni presents, will present the medium-term budget policy statement on the 21st of October. The June emergency COVID-19 budget warned of out-of-control debt levels and the loss of South Africans' democratic gains. Instead, the economic recovery plan's implementation simply says in the funding column, yes, public-private partnership, private or current budget. So they haven't put in the, in the economic recovery plan, they've got all of these things down and in the column where it says funding, instead of putting a specific amount, so if I have my phone and my screen protector is cracked, which is cracked at the moment, my screen protector is cracked at the moment, and I want to get a new screen protector, and I want to change my cover and all of these things, I put down screen protector, I put down cover, I put down earphones or whatever, uh, and... Instead of putting the amount that the screen protector is going to cost, like 200 rand or something like that, and a cover 200 rand, I put yes. Meaning that, yes, it's going to be funded, but you don't, know how, you don't have to know how much we're going to use for this. And, and stuff, which is a problem already, which is not, I, I could be wrong, but it's not professional. And instead, under the column that says public or private partnership, it put private or something like that, and then it would tell you whether it's from, they're going to take it from the current budget or not. Now, you, you, here you're seeing that there is an item, for instance, screen protector, that is being funded, yes, that is being funded by a private partnership, yes, and it's being taken out of the current budget. Now, the current budget is already crazy because of all the debt levels that South Africa is in, but now money might be taken out of the current budget and whatever. So there's a whole lot of things that don't make sense. And I think that a lot of people are not happy, especially economists. They're like, why do this? Why send something out that is not complete? Something out that is leaving room for more corruption to basically take place. 
and and stuff. So that is what is happening in terms of the recovery plan. And then the last thing is last week we had a whole lot of strikes. Following strike action last week, more strikes are on the card in South Africa. The Public Investment Corporation workers are planning to strike today, protesting against the group not implementing recommendations for the PIC inquiry. Meanwhile, the Gauteng Mkontoversies, where military veterans associations will also plan today march to the ANC headquarters to protest of ANC corruption and to highlight the plight of the poor. So that is what is happening in South Africa. These are big things, five big things that we, you need to consider you, when you're watching the news, when you're seeing things happening. This is what is happening in South Africa today. This is the new show and active FM radio has never been better. Active, active, active worship. Active, active, oh, active, active, active worship. Active worship, you can find us on the gram, you feel me? Instagram at active worship, we on books, you feel me? Facebook, click the follow since you're in it, keep listening. Apple Music, oh, it got you dancing, keep streaming. Spotify. It got you smiling, keep streaming. Oh, and Deezer. Got your moves looking easy, cause we cool like that. So check to worship and listen, cause we cool like that. Christ music is hot music. Check out the amazing music by Active Worship on all platforms. We were speaking about South Africa today. What is happening in South Africa today? And we went through the strike action that is happening. We looked at the ANC's plan for economic recovery and how it lacks a whole lot of information and significant details that as a country we need to know. And we also looked at the corruption cases in South Africa, how there's so much corruption happening with related or happening with the COVID-19 procurement and all of these things. And then we looked at the land redistribution bill that is now a step forward or a step further into being implemented. And we also went into the figures of the coronavirus in South Africa. Now, if you, there's a poll that I want to put out on social media so you can get onto my personal social media page, which is, which is Cynthia underscore Gix, and Gix is spelled G-I-K-S. Or you can also check on the Active FM Instagram page, which is at Active FM triple seven. And our other social media platforms are Facebook forward slash ActiveFM and we're also on Twitter at ActiveFM. So comment, answer the poll, let me know what your thoughts are. And then um, lastly, you can download our amazing shows on our different platforms. You can go on to www.activefm.co.za. You can go on to Google Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts and you can also go on to Spotify and download the uh, the shows. And then if you go on our social media platforms as well, you can find the link to our WhatsApp uh, to our WhatsApp page. It's the WhatsApp page. No, our WhatsApp something. It's a WhatsApp something. Yes, that's what it is. But yeah, get commenting, get download, share the show out there, and I'll catch you next week. I'm your girl Cynthia, but you know you can call me Geeks. And this is the new show, right here on Active FM, where radio has never been better. Active FM, radio has never been better.